from left to right. John reading Arabic from right to left. Left. <laughs> and on his right. Beryl reading Chinese from top to bottom. The yellow Beryl. <clears throat> on her oh. knee. John Tier reading biology from bottom to bottom. <laughs> and now last, but by all means least, our challengers for this week, a team from Bermondsey. They've come a long way to have a shot at Oxford. <laughs> and they've missed. And here they are, Bill, Tom, Fred, and Garontius. Hello. 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 Well, well, I won't explain the rules of the game, because I don't understand them myself. And the first question tonight goes to Oxford. Are you ready? Yes. Quite right. And the... <laughs> And the second question goes to Bermondsey. And here's your start of a ten with a bonus of thirty. How long is a rhubarb tart? <laughs> Sorry, Bermondsey, time's up. And I'm afraid that's, uh, <coughs> to you. And to you, mate. <laughs> Never mind, Bermondsey. Now, Oxford, your start of a ten, if you can. A musical question, what is this? The 1812 Overture. No, it was, in fact, Vera Lynn entertaining the troops. <laughs> So that's, uh, <coughs> to you. Now, Bermondsey, here's your start of a ten. No. Nope. Twenty. No. Nope. Twenty-five. No. Nope. Thirty. No. Nope. All right, open the box. Oh, Thank you, Michael. <laughs> Brilliant, Bermondsey. So that's, uh, <coughs> to you, which puts Oxford, uh, <coughs> behind. <laughs> now, Oxford, here's your starter. <coughs> and your bonus for fifty. What is the name of... Richard Dimbleby. Well interrupted. <laughs> well interrupted, Bermondsey, and it's over to you, Oxford. <laughs> and here's your... Well, I'm afraid that means... <laughs> I'm afraid that means there's only three seconds left. So the game ends, and Bermondsey have a score of... <laughs> while the Oxford score is... So we'll all say... And we hope you'll all join us again next week for another edition of... And now, here is a spot announcement. Woof! Thank you, spot. <laughs> In these days when the whole trend of our lives seems to be governed by affluence and the transient status symbol, spare a thought for the true ascetic to whom easy living comes uneasily. Good morning, Brother Simon. Oh, good morning, Brother Thomas. I say I do like that habit. Oh, do you? I was trying to give it up. No, no I mean, I do like that new hair shirt you're wearing. It looks deliciously uncomfortable. Oh, it is. It's a new non-drip dry fibre made by man with pain in mind. It has a built-in itch in every stitch. Oh, well, what, a, what a wonderful piece of tailoring. It must be at least two sizes too small under the arms. You must be suffering agonies. Oh, I am, yes. <laughs> 
No, anyway, I deliberately bought it on the worst hire purchase terms I could find. Oh, you're so good. Yes, Ooh, it's I'm a very heavy winter weight material, too, isn't it? Tell yes, me. yes, it is. And I'm going to wear it all through the summer, so there. Because the weathermen say it's going to be a real scorch. Oh, I shall sweat. <laughs> May I take this opportunity of wishing you bad health to worry? What a delightfully unkind thought. Oh, there goes the breakfast bell. We'll have to hurry. Oops, nearly forgot to take my sandals off. Now, what are you going to do that for? Well, somebody smashed a milk bottle on the stairs, and I just love the excruciating crunch of glass between my toes. <laughs> Which reminds me, what fun can a monk have? None. Thank you. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome. Before we embark on the tour of the house, may I point out one or two small rules we do have to ask you to observe. Please, don't pick the flowers in the vases, don't touch the duke when you meet him, and please, don't sit in any of the waste paper baskets. I'm sorry to insist about the waste paper basket, madam. Would you mind getting out of that one? Thank you. <laughs> Would you both mind? <laughs> Thank you. Well, that is all in the way of preliminaries, so we'll start with the great or main hall, which is where we are now standing. This was built in 1324 by the first duke who was actually buried beneath this floor. Alive. <laughs> now, by tradition, one of these is sent every year to the Queen, and by tradition, she sends it back. <laughs> There's always a note attached when it returns from the palace which says, Her Majesty once again requests that you be kind enough to discontinue the observance of this tradition, <laughs> which I think makes it all very quaint and British. <laughs> and so we come to the staircase, the great or main staircase, which, to save you the trouble of counting them, has three steps. <laughs> it originally had 45 steps, but in 1527 it collapsed under the second duchess. <laughs> you will observe on your right the irreplaceable china collection. This shepherdess is Dresden, and this statuette of Venus is un-Dresden. <laughs> this piece is early Victorian, and this one is Baroque. Fortunately... <laughs> The present Duke's very clever with this little pot of glue. <laughs> we come now to another staircase, the second or third staircase, <laughs> which, to save you the trouble of counting them, has 4,236 steps. You will notice the three arches which saw elegantly through the ceiling. The ceiling was originally much higher, and in the centre arch, after his fifth mistress had poisoned his third wife, the fourth Duke regretfully and rather slowly hanged himself. <laughs> On the anniversary of his death, you can still see his ghost hanging in the archway, half of him just below the ceiling in this room, and half just above the floor in the room above. The fourth duke was a vampire. <laughs> At this point, I should like you to observe this spot on the ceiling. Thank you. You may come down now, Spot. In this room, the black or white room, otherwise known as the minstrel gallery. <laughs> Duke entertained a dinner the composers Schubert and Beethoven. It was Schubert's fourth visit and <laughs> Beethoven's fifth. <laughs> and so we come to the Landseer room, and you will notice the 17th and present Duke on the mantelpiece. <laughs> the Landseer room is so called because when the 17th Duke falls off the mantelpiece, he usually lands here. <laughs> 
concludes the tour of the house, ladies and gentlemen. On your way out, you may care to purchase souvenir packets of the remains of the 16th, 15th, 14th, and 13th Dukes, all attractively gift-wrapped and personally autographed by Godfrey Wynne. <laughs> Good morning. Here is a news flash. Sir Edward Frog, the actor was arrested at his London home last night and charged with murder, rape, arson, suicide, perjury, bigamy, larceny, fraud, sedition, and extortion. Asked to comment, Sir Edward said he had not been feeling very well that evening. One of the great personalities of the London streets is the old busker. And you're sure to see one entertaining the crowds wherever you go. Well, I can't see one. Well, look over there. Ladies and gentlemen, oh, 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 and all you teenagers, oh, oh, please try to control yourself. When I start to sing, you may well find yourselves wanting to scream. You can say that again. <laughs> but I want you to listen to my story in song. Oh, oh, no, no, what's all this? Is this dirty little old man annoying you? Yeah, go on, Belton. Now, come along, you silly old man. Now, you come along with me. Oh, sir, you saved me from being trampled by a herd of crazed beet-infected teenagers. It happens all the time since I became a beet group. Beet group? Yes, that's right. Heavens, I could have sworn you were just a dirty old busker. That's very funny, that, because you're not the first to have made that mistake. Do you think there could be someone going round who looks like me and you thought I was him? You are a funny little man. If you're a beach group, have you got a golden disc? No, but I've got a wooden leg. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I see. But I mean, do you have a record? Well, I've done three months for shoplifting. <laughs> oh, no, you stupid old ragamuffin. Have you got a sound? Of course I have, you daft brush. You wouldn't hear me otherwise, would you? <laughs> no, you can't be a beach group. I don't think you know any songs, do you? Well, I've got a very bad memory, it's not all glamour being a teenage idol, you know. It can get very really hard. Oh, don't teenage cry. Idol. Don't <laughs> cry. Now, look, you sing me a nice sad blues, and I'll give you this piece of chewing gum when I've finished with it. <laughs> oh, thank you. You don't mind if I mime it, do you? I came down from Liverpool, my heart was full of song And now I run a beat group, but I think something's wrong Well, I don't know for certain how big a group should be But I have a vague suspicion, there should be more than me You see, I ain't got rhythm, that's why I've got the blues Oh dear, I just trip over when I put on my dancing shoes my granny plays the organ, my father plays combo, my brother is a beetle, and my ma's a rolling stone. I'd like to join the family, but I don't get too far, cause when they play the blue beat, I do the cha-cha-cha. Well, I ain't got rhythm, cha-cha-cha, such a shame you see, I'm just not with them, cha-cha-cha. It's all the same to me, I ain't got rhythm, cha-cha-cha. Everybody's got the blues. One, two, three. Everybody go now, cha cha cha. You feel it, I'm a teenage riot. I let my hair grow down to my toes. 
I even bought me some dirty worn-out clothes. I didn't wash for days just to get that earthy smell. The man said, boy, you still don't swing and now you stink as well. Oh, well, I ain't got rhythm. That's why I've got blues. I'm very upset. I just trip over. Whoops, when I put on my dancing shoes. One, two, three, one, two, three. When I put on my dancing shoes. You put your left leg in, you put your left. When I put on my dancing Oh, I'm going back to old time musical. In the world of female fashion, the passing of the topless dress has left its mark. But it is, of course... <laughs> but it is, of course, an idea which is as old as the hills. Julian Ugg? That's right. Of Ugg Creations' exclusive designs as worn by the cream of ancient British society. What can I do for modern? Well, it's the gala dance. The trouble is I don't have a thing to wear. I do see the problem. That creation in Sabretooth Tiger, isn't it? It has seen better days. I know. <laughs> My hobby's so stupid. You know men. Mm, I should say. <laughs> well, he, he expects me to last out till the mammoth sale next January. Oh, most unwise. Cuts price skins are often insufficiently cured. One must be so careful about animal odours. Indeed, many a divorce starts with an unhealthy skin. Well, I always say, what can't be cured must be endured. <laughs> yes, and I always say, it's nice to know you're nice to know. Yeah. <laughs> a reeking pelt may suit some, but when haute couture is so haute that even your best friends can't get close enough to tell you, <laughs> it's high time to make a change, and I have the solution here, it so happens. That? Well, it looks like a tin of paint. Oh, it may look like a tin of paint, madam. Actually, it's the new exciting dressless dress, inspired by the popular song, I Ain't Got No Bodies. This, <laughs> this modem is a woad. Woad? What do you do with it? Do, modem. You cover yourself in it, roll in it, revel, glory in it, take off your clothes and live in it. You mean... You don't wear anything under it. Oh, good heavens, no, madam. Just one coat is a perfect finish, a material with more than a mere two-way stretch. <laughs> a material which moulds to the body contours. Now all can be revealed. Woad can tell a woman from a hearth rug. Woad? <laughs> it sounds rather wood. <laughs> you would say that, madam, yes. But to go around almost naked, what will my hubby say? He'll be speechless, I wouldn't wonder. Think <laughs> he'll be seeing the real you for the first time. Well. I don't know. I mean, the colour, is that the real me? Blue, just natural flesh colour, madam. You'll be blue with cold anyway. <laughs> I tell you what, I will if you will. Let's. <laughs> I'll just whip up the pressure in the spray applicator. I think two distinctive styles to match individual measurements. A high neckline to flatter, madam, and a low cleavage for me. You mean... <laughs> yes, you take the high word and I'll take the low word. <laughs> Let us spray. Hello, Dolly, this is Lewis. Dolly, I'm so glad to have you back where I belong. What you need is a throat pastel. <laughs> Can I help you, sir? Were you looking for something special? Oh, um, uh, just having a look, you know. <laughs> yes. Well, we do have some very interesting specimens here, sir. Very, 
artistic. <laughs> oh, yes, very. <laughs> I can see that you're a gentleman that appreciates a bit of art. <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. What about, what, about, what about this one here, sir? Bit of all right, eh? eh? <laughs> my, eh? my word, yes. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not for me, you understand. Oh, I'm no. buying them for a friend. Yes, of course. <laughs> Close friend. <laughs> well, have a butcher's at this one here, sir. Very special, this is. <laughs> Good heavens, that's most unusual. Yes, well, <laughs> we do like to cater for all tastes. So I see, yes. Anything here interest you, sir? Um, yes, I'll have three tomato and cheese, two ham and four cheese. And <laughs> Do you mind if I sit here? Oh, that's nice and comfy. <clears throat> Tis often you get a seat as good as this, you know. Marvellous view. Get off my knee. Oh, it's only trying to be friendly. Yes, well, I can't see the cricket with you on my knee, can I? Oh, well, I'll sit here then. It's not as good. Here. Here. Yes? Here. Well, what is it? Hey, he can't do that. Where's he going? He can't just walk away. That's, that's ridiculous. He just, he's just giving up. Go back. Go back and bat like a man, you rotten coward. Boo! Boo! He's out. What an extraordinary coincidence. There was a fella out here only last month. I didn't see it, mind you. I read it in the papers. They say he was caught. I bet he was bald. You fascinate me. I beg your pardon. I'm not sitting here to hear that sort of thing. Look, there's a, there's a new batsman. Let's watch the game, shall we? Oh. I had come more with the intention of having a little chat. Well, I didn't. All right. Fair enough. Come on, get on with it. Oh, shut up. Get on with it. Shut up. Get on. Shut up. Get up. Get up. Get up. I shall kick you. Oh. Of course, this didn't always used to be a cricket ground, you know. Oh, Bradman wet. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. You know, I remember the time there used to be a ruddy great mangrove swamp down there. Oh, what? A mangrove swamp full of snakes and monkeys and parrots and alligators and hundreds of little black pygmies running around stock naked with poison darts. In a mangrove swamp. Great mangrove swamp. No, no, wait a minute, I'll tell a lie. <laughs> It was a farm. <laughs> yeah. A farm with a, with a big oak tree and a cornfield. Look, if you don't be quiet, I shall bite your ear off. What is that? Oh, never mind. Hey, and over there, by the umpire, there used to be a great brown cow. That used to make it very hard for the batsman to see the bowler running up. <laughs> Still, it made the game more interesting, though, you understand? Please be quiet. These youngsters wouldn't know what to do if a ruddy great brown cow came marching down the pitch. I, I haven't heard know. a word you said. You just watch the cricket and shut up. I've come for a chat and I'm going to have Here. Then once a week, the farmer used to get his dogs out and he'd get them to drive all the sheep out of the pens and straight across the pitch. Oh, no. Yes. And then the batsman used to drop his bat and he'd pull out the stump and then he'd wait till the sheep was, oh, no more than two or three feet away. And he'd stare it straight in the eye. That's a fully grown sheep, mind you. And with one deadly lunge of the stump, whoom! Then he'd chop off its ears, march twice round the ground and get on with the next over. <laughs> you know, that's what I call brighter cricket. <laughs> well, I've had a nice little chat. Now, I'll let you watch the game, shall I, eh? Hey, hey, Where's he gone? Ah, oh, well, that's it, you see. People just don't have the patience to sit and appreciate all the subtleties nowadays.
Now we are pleased and proud to present for the first time on radio the Tillingbourne Valley Folk and Madrigal Society Trio. There is a house in New Orleans. They call it the Rising Sun. It's been the ruin of many poor guys. And me, oh God, I was one. The only thing a gambler needs is suitcase and a trunk. And the only time he's satisfied. He's satisfied. <laughs> <laughs> it's when he's on a drunk fiddle <laughs> Go tell my baby brother. My baby brother. Don't you do what I have done whack for riddle me away from New Orleans I home a body and a house of the rising sun no 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 They call the rise in sun. Two, three, four, five, six, one, two, three, four, five, six. It's been the ruin of many poor guys and me. Oh, God. Next, Patty, what? I was the good old steam radio because I can't afford a television. I think it's deplorable that because of this I'm denied the pleasure of the visual arts. I feel I'm being rigorously victimised. Radio must have more visual appeal. Otherwise I shan't watch it. So then. <laughs> P.S. There must be thousands like me. I very much doubt it. However, as the first in our series of visual arts presentations, we present the Royal Ballet in Swan Lake with the help of a special team of BBC sports commentators. Welcome to Cotton Garden. It's absolutely dry and bright in here, though it is beginning to get rather murky now as they turn the lights down. But the boards are firm and it's a grand night for dancing. I can see the corner ballet prancing their way over to the wings, so for a closer look, over to Peter O'Sullivan. And here in the wings there seems to be some confusion. I can see someone adjusting his girth, and the little girl in pink, the little girl in pink doesn't seem to know which way to go. 
Anyhow, they're leaving her behind, and they're getting into order, and they're coming into line, and... They're off, and as they scamper towards the left, the saving new arrives right at the back. He's wearing a shifty individual bodice and a four-leg bandage. And as they go away from me now, take up the story, Raymond Glenn Denny. Well, you're right, I'm very deep at the moment, running out of position, but here it comes. He's one man, two, three, a beautiful side to bear, you're through. Anyone left, he's well there. He must score, he must score. Shoot your ball. Shoot! 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 Thank you, Raymond. And Nuriath is now spinning quite superbly round and round the stage. I've lost sight of him at proscenium corner, but here he comes again. Just listen to this as he goes by. <laughs> but he seems to be drawing into the wings, probably refueling. <laughs> over to you, Captain Boyd Rochford. And that's a clear round for Uriah, for now here's Margot up and over the second. <laughs> formerly known as Maggie Flopped Down <laughs> by Jove out of all proportion. <laughs> In lovely condition with a fine coat on her, but she's taken that off now. And just look at the power in those legs as she comes to the edge of the lake to take the water jump. And she's up... And in. I'm afraid I'm afraid she'll get four faults for that, but let's take this opportunity to bring in Max Roberts. And with a fine, powerful backstroke, she's coming into the edge of the lake. And at this exciting moment, over to Judith Chalmers. Well, Margot was wearing a gorgeous dress and yellow tulle, but that's ruined now. Never mind, this is Harry Carpenter at the stage side, up and over in the blue corner, and you are right, coming out of the mauve corner. And they're just dancing round each other. They sway in together and they've got their arms all tangled up. They break. Here I have waiting for his moment. Oh, and he's got her by the leg. He's pulling her around. He's just holding her arms above her head. She's offering no resistance at all. And the crowd's going mad. Now he's grabbed her around the waist and he's prancing around the stage with her. He's dropped her. But she's up again. And she's gone back to the corner. That was incredible. What do you think Norris Mack worked? It looks, it looks to me as if she's going to have another try at that jump. She's gone back into the wings, but here she comes. She hits the boards and off. Oh, what a leap! Oh, I'm losing sight of her. Come in, Raymond. Yes, she's just got over my head and out over the orchestra. And as she sails towards the first balcony, come in, Harry. She's floating way up by the chandelier now. Over to you, Judith. I can just hear now making a double circle of the auditorium. Oh, dear, she seems to stall. Yes, she's coming down. Past the upper circle. Past me in the first balcony. And she's landed in the royal box. And the crowds go wild. What did you think of that, Harry? Well, I haven't seen such grace and movement since Joe Louis knocked out Jersey Joe Walcott with a right hook to the kidneys at Boston in 37. Well, well, a final summary, John Arnold. Well, I honestly never realized that ballet could be quite so exciting. <laughs> That was a short excerpt from the signature tune of I'm Sorry, I'll Read That Again. The musical score was by Dave Lee, and he made it 16-0. <laughs> Those featured in this concerto for wind were Tim Brooke Taylor on the fiddle, Graham Garden, cello, cello, who's your lady friend, <laughs> David Hatch, cheese and piccolo, Joe Kendall, it's quicker by tuba, and Bill Oddy, euphonium. I say, I say, what do you do when you want to speak to your friends? I don't know. Tell me what you do when you want to speak to your friends. I'll tell you what you do, euphonium, and if they're in, they'll answer. <laughs> the songs were written and sung by Bill Oddie and Graham Garden And the scripts were written by Humphrey Barclay, Les Lilly and Chick Jacob David Lund, John Mortimer and Brian Cook Bill Oddie, Peter Vincent and David McKellar and Hugh Woodhouse I'm Sorry I'll Read That Again is produced by Humphrey Barclay A ridiculous name, Humphrey Barclay <laughs>